Hello and welcome to episode 26. This one is a day late and um, I was actually ill yesterday so I couldn't get it out on time or record it and then I started to look at the synchronicity of that and um, and how this all started six months ago which I'll go into in a minute. The purpose of this podcast, I'm going to keep it short because I have been um, poorly, is to share with you the reasons why it's so important to create a safe space and I give you some ideas on how to do that. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. So six months ago, I decided it was was actually longer than six months because I I toyed with the idea for such a long time. And um, I had lots of issues around visibility and what I wanted to get out of or what I wanted this podcast to be. Um, I have a lot of people that say to me what they love about my work is that I give you the tools. You know, a lot of people don't. They'll just tell you um, what's going on. But I I want to help people break away from the um, the toxicity and uh, heal on a level that is so deep that they are recovering properly because you can walk away from these relationships and go, yeah, I'm over it. But you're not over it because this runs so deep. It runs throughout, you know, say it in you know, various different things. It runs deep into your soul. So I decided that as I was getting nearer and nearer to this, I can't turn back from this project. Um, I decided I'd launch it on my birthday. So that was the 5th of April and I recorded it and I had, I found the platform first of all and um, I was trying to use another one but for some reason and this is what I'm talking about, how these things happen for a reason. Uh, For some reason it wouldn't connect and I lost the, uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened to it. So I had to find another platform and I recorded and I had my podcast ready to go and edited and etc. And I, it was my birthday, so I was actually going out. I spent the day with family and then in the evening, it was one of those things that we just decided right at the very end, oh, this sounds really fun. And we drove down to the coast and we went, it was, it was a Tuesday, so we did a Tacos Tuesday and um, had great fun. But by the time I'd got home, it was so late and I was so tired because it was a full-on day. I didn't have time to post it. So I had to make the decision, okay, I wanted to do it on a Tuesday, but this first edition was going to be on a Wednesday. So how fortuitous is it that it's a Wednesday today? It's these synchronicities, these things that step in um, that I find fascinating. Because yes, I work for a charity and yesterday I was meeting with a, a client and I phoned her on the way over and she had forgotten about an appointment that she had so she couldn't make the meeting 
so I, I turned around and went home and then I start and I wasn't feeling great when I got up actually but um, and then I was ill a few hours later again how fortuitous because if I'd you know been out I would have been ill out there were there were a few things so and again today is a Wednesday and my first very first podcast went out on a Wednesday look for those things where you're faced with something and you think this is the most horrendous thing that's happened and then when you step back and you think wow actually if that hadn't happened um, I wouldn't be in this place I would be somewhere different and this happens to me a lot so yesterday was just one tiny tiny example the emotions that you experience at the time might be disappointing or hurtful or you might be in so much pain but when you step back out and um, look back on the situation these things it's as if they have uh, something steps in to change the course to change your course of where you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to be going happened to me years ago I was had to go to back to court to sort out uh, the maintenance agreement and um, it didn't go in my favour and I was really disappointed and it was one of the first times actually that I said I'm going to allow myself because normally I'm a person that goes okay it's you know it's fine and overrides the emotion but this is when I was starting to step into I'm going to own and experience these emotions because it's a much more powerful um, way to do this so Uh, that's what I did I stepped in and I was allowed myself that time to be disappointed I think that was in the August and then in the September October so we're literally only six to eight weeks if something had happened um, I wouldn't be in a position in the October to do what I wanted to do and it would all been around the selling of a property so look for those moments look for those things that step in and you think that it's the most awful thing and then look back and actually ask whether it was or not. So whether you're still in the relationship or you're out of the relationship, creating a safe space is crucial for your healing. What's happened is you ended up in a war zone. You had no idea. You had no idea that that's what you were stepping into. It could have been a six-month relationship. It could have been a six-year relationship. It could have been a 36-year relationship. The damage that is done to your body where you are walking on eggshells, you're anticipating all the time what the next moves are going to be. Your system is on hyper alert. So I said, you can be in, still in the relationship, working your exit route and pl- making the plans to get out and create a life that is more conducive with what you want. Um, or you could be out of the relationship and ruminating, but it's absolutely crucial that you create a safe space. Now, that doesn't have to be a whole room. It doesn't have to be, you know, it can be a corner, particularly if you're still in the relationship I think one of the best places to do this is in the bathroom because it makes sense that you might have candles in there or it makes sense that you lock the door. What you're trying to do is tell your body that it's now walked into this space and it can relax and it can turn off. And in this space, in this moment, as long as you are safe, that your body is safe. And it's those snippets of time that will help your body recover. I'm a Reiki master teacher and 
I can't remember, it was probably about 10 years ago, I started working with animals and I was working with some horses. One of the stables I went to, I went in and I worked on two horses. One was really flighty and the other um, was like really relaxed. And she said she's never seen it before because they are predatory animals. They think, you know, even a leaf they'll jump at. They think that it's being, um, they're being coming under attack. And she said, I've never seen it. She said, "Um, I turned up. So I saw them on the Sunday and she said she came back. I can't remember if it was the next day or that evening. And she said, I've never seen them. Both of them were laying out relaxed and chilled in the field and this is what creating a space does it's allowing your body the time to recover to turn off the adrenaline that's uh, pumping it around your body the worst thing that you can do is exercise you actually need to be showing your body that it you've created a space for it and it's safe and it can relax but it needs to be safe you need to create that environment that's safe another great way of doing it is with children's teepees don't know whether you've got one or you can make one and actually it's brilliant with children if you've experienced this abuse and your children have experienced it as well creating that uh, closeness that you can somewhere you can climb in in a, in a way a womb type um, environment that's very close and around you. However, you do need to make sure you're in a safe environment because if you can't see somebody coming into the room, your body might see this as a potential threat because that's what it's looking for all the time. It's looking for the potential threat. It's on hyper alert. It's scanning all the time to see where this threat could come from, whether it's verbal or physical. Creating a physical environment where as you step into it, your body knows that it's safe is crucial for your healing. And you can do this. It doesn't have to be in your home. It could be in your garden. It could be in somebody else's garden. It could be in somebody else's home. It could be in another building. It could be in a church or it could be in, I don't know, a library or somewhere like that. But what you're saying is my body's safe. I'm safe here. And while I'm here, my body is recovering because it is. You're creating this environment that's safe. And you, as I said, it can be at home with candles in the bathroom. It can be salt baths are amazing. They really are. Himalayan salts are so healing. You can get them. You can pick them up in the supermarket and they're relatively cheap. Just walking to an area, it could be a corner of a room. It might be that you have a dressing table and you can set out some really nice ornaments or candles and you sit there for a moment. And Some people will sit there and be able to sit for a a few minutes and other people will just be seconds. But you're able to build this up. It's like muscle building. You're able to build this up. So it's, again, like meditation. You might not be able to hold a meditation for very long where the thoughts are coming into your head. But over a period of time, you might notice that it gets longer and longer that you are able to sit in that space. Use things like your safe space might be a journaling space. It might be that you get a book and a pen and you're allowing that time to process your emotions through the pen. Writing, physically writing out, not tapping out on a computer, but physically writing out. Doesn't matter whether you can spell, doesn't matter whether your grammar's great. It's putting these emotions and there is a connection 
I believe, between the brain, the heart, the hand that actually releases these emotions. It helps you process what's happening. That's why it's so important to think about writing your story out in like a timeline if you can. It might not come as an initial timeline of how things happened. It might be you remember something and you jot that down on the, the timeline and then you might remember something actually that triggers another memory from before. But writing it out, you can see this was abusive and I talk a lot about our childhoods and how we learn a lot from our childhoods up until the age of seven or eight years old with sponges we have no way of um, understanding or understanding what we're experiencing isn't what everybody else is experiencing and later on uh, you go up if you've been in a relationship or a family unit or your tribe that were telling you that you weren't good enough that treated you in a certain way you take that on and this is why people I always remember somebody saying to me I can't believe you can't see this as abusive and then that was like a penny dropping um, for me because I realized that what I was experiencing was something that I had experienced at a younger age and the way I was being spoken to and treated was how I'd been treated at a younger age so this is why it's so important creating a safe environment just to help your body regain some energy to take control of these emotions. Your brain was told and it has been told that abuse wasn't abuse. This is love in the eyes of somebody else. This is how I show I love you or I care for you and it wasn't. It's abuse. So This is helping you process this to say, actually, this wasn't normal. This wasn't, um, it wasn't to my benefit, but you're also allowing your body by creating a safe space to turn off some of the stress hormones. And that's why it's so important to come out of your head and to stay in your body because your, your brain has been tricked to believe, as I said, the abuse wasn't abuse. It was in fact love. So They work hand in hand, being in your body, whether you do that through grounding and breathing, um, but creating this space. And as I said, it doesn't have to be a huge area. It can just be a corner. It can be the back door. You can go and stand outside the back door for a few minutes. You're telling your body, as long as it's safe, you're telling your body, I'm safe and I'm protected and I'm protecting myself. I hope this has been useful. It was, as I said, it it was serendipitous that it landed on a Wednesday on the sixth month of the first one. It's crucial for your healing. Your healing needs to go deeper. Don't walk out of a relationship and say, well, I'm healed. Um, Go in deep. And and because you don't want to be carrying your baggage from this relationship to the next relationship and, and questioning and wondering, get in and heal those wounds. They do run deep. They are like Verukas, how I describe them as Verukas. You know, and if you don't get every part of that out, it sits there laying dormant until somebody comes and triggers it. Perhaps you walk into your next relationship and this person is um, completely different and you won't experience it. But don't give it any chances. Work on yourself. It's so empowering anyway. And it's life-changing sending you loads and loads of loads of love.